You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash crimes, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash crimes to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash crimes. Good morning, and thanks for joining me for Rise and Crime, your morning caffeine hit all about crime. I'm Mama Jules, and let's start out with this story out of Detroit, where one mother had an unimaginable Mother's Day. It all started out on Saturday, when 29-year-old Patrice Wilson had just finished her overnight shift as a registered nurse at the Detroit Medical Center Receiving Hospital. She was just getting into her car when a man identified as 36-year-old Jameer Wilson approached the vehicle on the driver's side of the black Lincoln while wearing a blonde wig. He then forced Patrice to the passenger side of the car and he took control of the vehicle, fleeing the parking area with Patrice trapped inside the car. Police were unable to locate the car or the suspect or Patrice. That is until Sunday morning when her body was found in the trunk of her SUV parked in an apartment complex in the northern suburb of Novi. It appeared she had died from a gunshot wound. Jameer Wilson was arrested on Monday for the alleged kidnapping of Patrice. He had contacted his lawyer on Sunday saying he was feeling the pressure of the investigation and he wanted to turn himself in. This isn't Jameer's first brush with the law. Jameer has a son with Bianca Green. On March 25, 2011, Bianca vanished from Romulus, Michigan. Two days later, either Bianca or someone operating her phone texted Bianca's mother. She hasn't been heard from since. Bianca had an established life. She was a nursing student at Wayne County Community College. She was also employed at a sandwich shop. She left behind her car, her clothes, all her possessions, but most importantly, her son, Jameer Jr. Her credit cards and bank accounts have not been used since the date of the disappearance. Foul play was suspected in Bianca's disappearance, but the case is now cold. But maybe not for long. Detroit Police Chief James White said Jameer is a violent person with a significant criminal history that includes domestic violence. He is working with the Romulus Police Department to compare notes on the two cases. So what about Patrice's family? Her mother, Rosalind, found out about the abduction when someone called her 
and said they were talking to Patrice on the phone, and then they heard Patrice screaming. The person said the phone then went dead. Rosalind had many concerns about her daughter's relationship with Jameer. She told WXYZ in Detroit that the more her daughter pulled away from Jameer, the more he would try to win her over. She said that if you drive by her house, there are gifts at the front door. Patrice would just leave the gifts there to send a message to Jameer that she was not accepting things from him. Rosalind's pain on this Mother's Day was amplified by the loss of not only Patrice, but also her son 20 years ago. He was 15 at the time and was hit by a car while riding his bicycle. The driver of that car has still never been identified. Rosalind had told WXYZ that she wanted Patrice to come home so that she could be with her son. Co-workers of Patrice said that Patrice was not just a co-worker, but she was more of a loving friend to those she worked with. Detroit Medical Center offered their heartfelt condolences and also promised grief counseling to Patrice's co-workers. I'll be watching this one for you, and I'll let you know updates to the case as they happen. And now, a remembrance story out of South Carolina. You might have seen the headlines in late April about the bride and groom leaving their wedding in a golf cart when an alleged drunk driver slammed into them killing the bride. Well, here's the details of the case. 34-year-old Samantha Hutchinson and 36-year-old Eric Hutchinson had just left their joyous wedding celebration in a golf cart. The couple was riding on the back of the cart, kind of facing the opposite direction that the cart was headed, and then two other people were in the front of the cart. According to law enforcement, Jamie Lee Kamarowski smashed into the back of the cart, only briefly tapping the brakes before the impact. Now, the golf cart was legal to be traveling on the 25-mile-per-hour road. Jamie was allegedly driving 65 miles per hour in that 25-mile-per-hour zone. The impact of the crash sent the golf cart flying over 100 yards, all while rolling over multiple times. Samantha was killed at the scene wearing her wedding dress. Eric suffered broken bones in his leg, back, and face, and continues to suffer from the brain injury sustained in the crash. He is still in a wheelchair after undergoing multiple reconstructive surgeries. At the time of the crash, Jamie had a blood alcohol level of 0.26. That's more than three times the legal limit. According to New York Post, when Folly Beach Police Sergeant Zach Halpern asked Jamie how drunk she was on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being sober, she mumbled that she was an 8. Then she asked for her lawyer. Jamie is being held without bond at the Charleston County Detention Center on three counts of felony DUI resulting in the death or serious bodily injury, as well as reckless homicide. Well, on Saturday, an emotional ceremony remembering Samantha was attended by over 100 people, and it was held on the beach where the two were married the day of the tragic accident. Eric spoke at the ceremony and said that the beach is Sam. He said she's a beach girl through and through. He also said he visits the beach nearly every day and that he knows for sure she is up there smiling. I'll watch for the outcome of this heartbreaking case and keep you updated. Let's now turn to this tragic story of teen violence out of Minnesota. A St. Paul 17-year-old was arrested earlier this month for the shooting death of Michael Brazel, a father of two boys, a husband, and a beloved hockey coach for the Roseville and Langford Park youth hockey programs. It all started on May 6th when 44-year-old Michael walked out of his home and stumbled upon a burglary in progress of his wife's car. Michael's son reported that he heard his father yell, 
What are you doing? He then heard gunshots. Upon hearing the gunshots, a neighbor called 911. Medical personnel transported Michael to the Hennepin County Medical Center, but he was pronounced dead at the hospital. The yet-to-be-identified teen shooter fled the scene in a black car with tinted windows and a loud exhaust. But in his haste to escape, the teen hit a curb about a mile and a half from the home and he knocked the front bumper off. Law enforcement then used the bumper and the attached license plate to link the car to some previous traffic stops. The teen boy was driving the car during those previous stops. This gave investigators enough evidence to obtain a search warrant for the teen's cell phone. They then were able to pull location data that placed the teen on the street of Michael's home at the time of the shooting. Four days after the murder, the teen was arrested following a short chase by law enforcement. And as in so many violent crime cases, there was violent behavior that ramped up to the actual murder. The teen had been arrested back a year ago for bringing a gun to Harding High School in St. Paul and holding it to another teen's head while he demanded that that boy give him his cell phone. The incident was caught on a Snapchat video by two bystanders. The boy was on probation for that 2022 incident. Now the teen is being held on charges of second-degree murder. If he is certified to stand trial as an adult, he will then be named and photographed. Okay, in a completely separate case in St. Paul, it took over one year for a 15-year-old to be certified as an adult. Okay, no matter if you think a 17-year-old should be tried as an adult or not, this case will fall into a rise in crime theme, which is the gears of justice grind slowly. Now, I'm going to read a portion of Michael's wife, Hillary's statement, just as it was written on Facebook. Here's what she said. I never thought I would wake up to three gunshots, all of which hit Michael in the chest. Never thought I would have to try to revive my husband with CPR while my boys are calling 911 and watching. Never thought we would have to ride in a squad car to help St. Paul Police Department investigators find his killer. Never thought my children would need to be DNA swabbed to help eliminate DNA from my car to catch his killer. Never thought I would tell LifeSource that, yes, Michael would help others with tissue and organ donation. Never thought that today was my last day to have him in my life. Now, a GoFundMe has been set up for the family, and I'll link that funding platform in the episode notes. And now this story out of South Carolina, where Gavin's law was passed last week. This law makes sexual extortion, or sextortion, a crime punishable by five years in prison. So what spurred the need for Gavin's law? Well, back on July 27th of 2022, Gavin Guffey sent a message to his younger brother and also to some friends. There weren't any words in the message, just the heart-shaped symbol of love by typing the less than symbol and then the number three and pushing them together. Just minutes after sending that cryptic message, 17-year-old Gavin fatally shot himself in the hallway bathroom. Gavin's father, Brandon, heard the gunshot in their Rock Hill, South Carolina home. He described the sound like that of a bowling ball hitting the floor. He then rushed to the bathroom and found his son bleeding, slumped between the bathtub and the toilet. The completion of suicide by his son stumped Brandon. He and his wife, Melissa, and the other family members searched for signs that they might have missed or things that they could have done differently. Well, it didn't take long for them to discover that Gavin had unwittingly become a victim of sextortion. They found scammers had pretended to be a young woman and that they had sent Gavin nude photos. The scammers asked 
for nude photos in return. Once Gavin sent the reciprocal photos, the scammers blackmailed him with the threat that if he didn't pay up, they would publicize the photos. Even after Gavin's death, the scammers continued to send messages to Gavin's phone as well as to his brother Cohen. On Gavin's birthday, one particular message outraged Brandon. It said, did I tell you your son begged for his life? Then the scammers sent a laughing face emoji. Through the investigation, Brandon and law enforcement discovered that the scammers used a vanish mode feature. This deletes messages as soon as the recipient exits the chat. Well, this gives the targeted victim a kind of a sense of protection. But the scammers are using another device to video the sent messages. Now, Gavin had used his Venmo account to send the criminals $25. That is all he had in his account. He then sent messages pleading for more time. $25. That's the price these criminals put on the life of a 17-year-old. At the time of Gavin's death, Brandon was forging a run at the South Carolina State House of Representatives. He did end up winning that run in November of 2022. When he introduced the proposed legislation in 2023, his fellow House members unanimously passed the bill. Then state senators passed the bill last Thursday. The sextortion bill is now awaiting a signature by Governor Henry McMaster in order to become law. At this time, there's been no arrests made in the case. So let's take a moment to remember Gavin. His dad said he loved skating and art. On the day he died, a package arrived in the mail addressed to Gavin. It was a flag with the face of rapper Kanye West on it. Now, Kanye goes by the name Yee now. And the words under the face said, don't tread on Yee. Yeah, Brandon gets a good laugh about that. And he now has the flag hanging in his office at the state capitol. If you know someone who is struggling with suicidal thoughts, call or text 988. That will connect you with a trained counselor. Again, that number is 988. And now to shift gears, because I think we might need a little bit of a laugh today. So let's go international with the crime story out of Peru. See, these three stupid criminals tried to pull off a robbery at a shoe store in Juancao, filling their bags with more than two hundred shoes. Alarms were blaring and police were alerted, but the thieves eluded capture. But the police weren't that frustrated about them not capturing the thieves immediately. See, the stupid criminals had stolen right-footed shoes only. Not one complete pair was taken. The CCTV footage from the store shows the thieves breaking into the shop and collecting the shoes on a tricycle. And okay, maybe it was the lack of planning or maybe it was feeling rushed from the alarm system. Whatever it might be, they couldn't resell any of the shoes. Can you even imagine the conversations that happened between the three when they realized what they had done? Police are confident that they will catch the thieves with the help of the camera footage and clear fingerprint data that was left behind. And one Twitter user got the last laugh when he wrote that those criminals must be hopping mad. Well, that's your Thursday edition of Rise in Crime. Join me again on Monday, where I will be giving you an update on the sentencing on Letitia Stouch, as well as other morning crime news. I'm Mama Jules, and keep safe out there.